All right, welcome back to Snap Out of It. Got some breaking news this week. Uh, this recording this on Friday, October the 16th. What is going on in the world this week, especially in the American politics scene, is crazy. The Twitter and Facebook censorship of the New York Post, uh, which is also partially tied to the DJ HJ Media article uh, where a alleged CIA whistleblower exposes Joe Biden's alleged role with the death of SEAL Team 6. And this person claims to have documented proof. If you have not seen this, I would suggest go watch that video and read the article and you can see for yourself the person who's a CIA whistleblower looks super sketchy but then again so do most whistleblowers anyways I want to get right into this um, in what I believe to be the unbelievable story of bin Laden Gaddafi Assad ISIS Iran Barack Hussein Obama and Hillary from 2010 to 2016. Okay, so basically this is the gist of the story is that Iran harbored Osama bin Laden since the mid-2000s. In 2011, Obama was facing re-election and was desperate because the U.S. had a terrible econ- economy and civil unrest. So he struck a deal with Iran. Iran would let a Navy SEAL team infiltrate and kill bin Laden, the world's number one terrorist. It would guarantee this would guarantee Obama's re-election. The only problem is that Iran switched out bin Laden for a body double at the last minute. What do you know? Who would have thought that a country who is harboring bin laden would pull a double cross hey that's just crazy okay let's just keep rolling on here like remember this is all alleged uh none of this can be really proven at this moment Uh, this whistleblower claims to have terabytes of documents videos audio recorded phone calls emails uh, names of people on all sides in Iran, in the United States, the teams, everything. Okay? So, but, so the, uh, Bin Laden, uh, Iran switches the Bin Laden for a body double. But by the time the SEALs brought the body onto a U.S. warship and ran DNA tests and found out that it was not, in fact, Bin Laden, Obama had already announced to the country that Bin Laden was killed under his watch. People celebrated in the streets. There was no way to retract the statement, so they concocted the story of Bin Laden being dumped at sea, which makes zero sense as it is seen as a desecration of the corpse in Islam and would fuel even more hatred for America. Moving forward to 2016, Hillary Clinton is running against Trump for president, 
Iran extorts Obama, saying they will release proof that bin Laden is still alive and that Obama was re-elected on a lie unless they are paid $150 billion. Obama wire transfers the amount without any explanation or justification to the American people. Oh, well, what about the extra $2 billion in cash? Well, that was never meant for Iran. It was diverted back to America to buy the silence of operatives and politicians who knew the truth. And now there's a whistleblower who says he was an operative in the Middle East and has recordings and documents to prove all this. Okay? But this whistleblower story isn't even scratching the surface of the whole story. To understand the whole thing, we need to go back to 2010 and understand how it began. What led to what and how it all came crashing down in 2016 when Trump threw a big fuck you to the political establishment, a big fuck you to political correctness, slammed his big billionaire dick on the table, and America gobbled it up. It'll be back in a second to start at the beginning of this. Let's go here. This is the beginning. The year is 2010. Barack Hussein Obama is the president of the United States and is currently in his first term. Hillary Clinton is the secretary of state. They had a plan to reshape the landscape of the political structure in the Middle East permanently. Now, whether their hearts and goals were good, evil, ethical, selfish, or noble are all unimportant. Your judgment will probably align with how favorably you view these two. Just understand that in this story, their intentions and motives are irrelevant. What matters is that they decided to change the Middle East and reshape it to their liking. The way they went about this was, you guessed it, the Arab Spring. If you think that the Arab Spring was an organic grassroots movement... I've got a bridge I want to sell you. It was all CIA and military intelligence on Hillary's orders who funded, incited, and supplied the protests. And it worked. In most countries where the protests took place, such as Egypt and Morocco, there was a regime change. Ironically, not better, but for worse, as the past 10 years have shown us. But change, nevertheless. There was a small problem, though. Syria. Syria would not budge, not even a little. The problem was Bashar al-Assad, the dictator of Syria, and here's the irony, Syrians weren't protesting not because Assad was ruling with an iron fist, but just the opposite. Most Syrians were perfectly happy with their lives under Assad. There was no violence, there was little crime, the economy was doing fine, etc., etc. People really had no reason to protest, so they didn't. And this did not sit well with Obama and Clinton, who were determined to take Assad out of power. So they hatched a plan. They would do an Iran-Contra affair 2.0. They would supply fundamentalists, who were first known as ISIL, then later would be called ISIS, with weapons, vehicles, funds, whatever they need to overthrow Assad. To do this, they would need a base of operation. And Libya, particularly Benghazi Libya, 
would be the perfect base. It was in the central location of the Mediterranean Sea, close to, to the European-American bases, and was a coastal city, so smuggling in arms by ships undercover would be easy. The arms could be easily transported to wherever it was needed in the region. Logistically, it made every sense in the world. There was only one problem. Muammar Gaddafi, the leader of Libya, wanted nothing to do with any of this. Not Arab Spring, not smuggled arms, not even smuggling the heroin. After all, he was also worried about losing his power. So we move into the killing of Muammar Gaddafi. The Obama-Clinton team droned more people than all previous administrations combined. This little tidbit of information is a little bit, you know, a little bit fucked for me because drones were relatively new. They were first really used by in the Gulf War. So this is not, you know, there wasn't that many administrations before Obama and Joe Biden, but Hillary Clinton was whatever Secretary of State. Um, so, is it any wonder that the Obama and Clintons that they chose this method to take out Gaddafi's forces, leaving him vulnerable to his enemies within the state? The official story is that on October twentieth, two thousand eleven, some NATO air forces and one U.S. drone took out Gaddafi's convoy. What they don't tell you is that through drone strikes, Obama administration took out all of Gaddafi's friendly forces in the preceding days, leaving him defenseless against his enemies. As Gaddafi was trying to escape the country, U.S. satellites and drones tracked him down and Hillary and Obama gave the go-ahead to French Air Force to take out his escorts. He was promptly caught by his enemies, dragged through the city, executed and dismembered. All of this caught on video. All very graphic and disturbing. And of course, we also have that video of Hillary boasting about how she killed Gaddafi. Where this cunt says, We came, he saw, he died. <laughs> with Gaddafi out of the way and replaced by someone who would play ball with the U.S. State Department, the CIA got busy and started supplying arms to a group who became to be known as ISIL. And later on, ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. ISIL's mission was simple, kill Assad and replace Syria with a caliphate. Benghazi became the operational center for ISIL. It held all the information that coordinated the distribution of weapons, including Stinger missiles. How can anyone forget Benghazi? But let's just keep this on the back burner until later as this will come back into our story. And now for the plot twist. Iran was not happy with this, not any of this. Iran, Iran was just fine with Assad in power. He was not a threat to them. Last things Iranians wanted was another Taliban situation where these lunatics didn't care about anything but mayhem and power. Also, Iran was not happy that all of this Arab Spring nonsense was happening. And they knew perfectly well who was behind it all. So we're going in. Next here, we're going to be going into Obama's re-election campaign. Obama's re-election campaign. Let's step back a little now to May 2nd, 2011. The day Osama bin Laden was, quote, end quote, killed. 
The first term for Obama proved to be a disaster. The economy was still in the pits from the mortgage crisis, civil unrest, especially racially charged unrest, was becoming a serious problem. Although the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, was passed in 2010, it would not become reality until 2014. If anything, people were getting extremely disgruntled that they would be penalized with extra taxes if they didn't sign up for Obamacare. Imagine, you're 22 years old, you have absolutely no need for health insurance, now the government is going to tax you for not having health insurance. It was absurd. Obama's approval ratings plummeted. Now things did change once 2014 came around and people did start receiving benefits. But in 2011, with one year until re-election, President Obama literally had nothing that he could run on, that he could boast about. He caused the Arab Spring, sure, but to admit that would start another war with the Middle East. His re-election campaign was dead on arrival. He had to do something, something dramatic, and he had to do it quickly. Allegedly. Obama and the State Department came up with a plan. Let's deliver the most hated man by Americans on a platter to the public. Of course, I am talking about Osama bin Laden. Now, it was an open secret that Iran was protecting bin Laden since the mid-2000s. This is true. I was in my early 20s, and I remember... Pardon me. I remember reading about that. About how he was hiding in Iran... And there's nothing you can do because you'd start a war with Iran. Anyways, he was left alone for a reason. Bin Laden was, from the start, a patsy. He was a figurehead and a pawn. If you think some recluse in a cave in Afghanistan masterminded and carried out the deadliest attack on American soil in history, coordinated the training of the hijacking of not just one, but four airplanes, and successfully having three of them hit their targets, well, then I have another bridge I'd like to sell you. Bin Laden was useful because as long as he was alive, the Patriot Act would renew every time. He was a devil that the government could point to and say, look, he's still around, we need to take away your liberty. It is beyond the scope of the story to explain 9-11, so I am not going to bother. But, as I've said, in 2011, Obama was desperate. He had nothing. So, he went to Iran with a deal. He told them he would lift the economic sanctions. He told them he would relax the nuclear inspection requirements. He gave them everything they wanted in return for a favor. They would let Americans kill Osama bin Laden for Iran. This was a great deal. They had no loyalty or favors to Bin Laden. They were happy to go along with the plan. The only condition they had was that it not be carried out on Iranian soil. After all, if it went public that Iran was harboring the number one fugitive in the world for nearly a decade, it would look pretty bad for them. So they transferred him to a bunker in Pakistan, told the U.S. State Department that it was done Hillary and Obama then ordered the SEAL Team 6 to move in on the bunker, kill Bin Laden, and bring back the body. And on May 2nd, 2011, that order was carried out. And now we come to plot twist number two. Iran never moved Osama to the Pakistani bunker. Instead, they put a body double there. Why would they do this? 
It was retaliation for all the headaches that the Arab Spring had caused them. Also, they saw Obama as weak and wouldn't have the balls to do anything about it. But most importantly, and this is the key point of the story, ladies and gentlemen, they knew they could use bin Laden later if they needed to. And they will. Wait for it. SEAL SEAL Team 6 killed the body double, took the corpse, and flew him back to a Navy warship that was waiting. They loaded the body and started their DNA sequencing to confirm the kill. Obama, as soon as he had confirmation of the kill, went on live TV and announced to the country that they had killed our most hate, their, their most, what did I write, what, uh, most hated terrorist, Osama bin Laden. People took to the streets, they celebrated, they praised Obama, they loved him, I love Obama. Obama smiled as he knew his re-election was all but guaranteed. Then the shit hit the fan. The warship ran the DNA test. They found out that the body was not Osama bin Laden's. Oh shit. They relayed the news to Hillary and Obama. Who was losing the polls already. Claimed. What? Oh. Wait, wait, wait. They relayed the news to Hillary and Obama. What could they do? What would they do? If you were Obama, who was losing in the polls already, claimed you killed bin Laden, and then 24 hours later you came on and said, Ah, uh, nope, I'm um, sorry. Uh, I made a mistake. It was all a misunderstanding. What would happen to your re-election? So Obama did what any politician would do. Cover it up. They ordered the body be dumped into the ocean and call it a burial at sea. Now, if you know anything about Islam, you will know that a corpse is the most sacred thing in, in, relig- in the religion. There are rituals and timelines that must be followed. There are prayers that must be uttered, and above all, the body must be buried, not cremated, not thrown in the sea, buried, period. Anything else is akin to feeding the corpse to dogs. It is sacrilege and a direct insult to Muslims. Whew, that is, uh, that's insane. For the politically correct Obama administration to dump a Muslim in the sea is completely and utterly illogical. And this is before considering that having killed that having killed the most evil man since Hitler, he dumped the body before definitive confirmation. Before hundreds of photos and test results confirm he was in fact bin Laden. If you were going to dump him in the ocean from the start, why even carry the body back to the ship? Just draw a little blood or cut a piece of flesh and bring it back. Why carry the whole body back just to dump it in the ocean it makes zero sense but the truth is is that people are sheep and they will believe whatever the media tells them and so obama won the re-election in 2012 so let's take it to benghazi libya 2012 so now let's go back to libya specifically to September 11th, 2012, just before the 2012 election. By this time, ISIL, known as ISIS, had gotten out of hand. They were executing people by the hundreds, recording the execution with Hollywood-like production, and posting on social media to recruit more followers. 
They got extremely creative with their execution videos. If you saw any of them, you will never forget them for the rest of your life. They are that disturbing. At the same time, there was a UK company, a British company that paid to have fake beheading videos made at the same time. I can't remember the name of that company, but you can look it up. The And yeah, moving on here. The problem was from their original purpose of taking out Assad, it had grown to a movement. Hell, it was recruiting people from all over the world, including Western Europe. It was Obama Hillary's own Frankenstein monster, completely out of control. And worst of all, they had utterly failed to kill Assad. It was time to break all connections to the monster they had created. What triggered the Benghazi event was the signing of J. Christopher Stevens as, Stevens as ambassador to Libya and Benghazi. Contrary to common belief, Ambassador Stevens was not in Libya for a long time. He was assigned to the Benghazi post just three months before his death. On June 7th, 2012, he served for just 96 days before he was killed. Now, this is all with conjecture. I don't have any proof of what went down in Benghazi. My suspicion is that Stevens found evidence of supplying ISIS by the U.S. and the CIA. He was not okay with this. So, Killary arranged an uprising and had him killed along with the people who confided, who he confided in. We know that Killary allowed this to happen because Stevens had called multiple times for help, and help was just hours away. There were tons of U.S. military in the region that could have gotten to him in hours, yet she kept them away. She let the whole place burn, then just to make sure... She bombed the place afterwards to erase any evidence that may have remained. It was a convenient way to erase all involvement and shut up a non-ball player at the time. At the same time. This led to the Benghazi hearings, but that's a whole other can of worms. And if I went into that, this would be a way longer podcast. It would be one of those Dan Carlin style podcasts. Moving on to Hillary Clinton's presidential run in 2016. This is the meat of the story. This is what the video was all about from DJHJ Media. And why and how it relates to Biden and Obama setting SEAL Team 6 up, getting them killed. And the bribe money. Okay. In 2016, as Obama wrapped up his administration and was preparing to pass the office to Hillary, they were sure of one thing Hillary was going to win. They had zero doubt. In fact, they in fact they conspired with the media to make sure Donald Trump was the GOP nominee. Why would they do this? Because they saw Donald Trump. They saw Trump as millions of Americans see him as a clown. He noticed that back in 2016, the GOP primaries, during the GOP primaries, Trump was a darling. As soon as he became the nominee, the entire media took a 180 turn and started hating on him. I noticed. And that's when I said, hmm, this is making me wonder. You have to understand, the secession of power from Obama was not just desirable, it was imperative. If any of the things they had done ever got out, 
they were done for. But at this point, but at that point, they were pretty relaxed because Killary was almost guaranteed to win. She had a 96% chance to win the election. There was only one thing that could throw a wrench into the election, Iran. And wouldn't you know it, Iran, Iran did not pass up on the opportunity. In the summer of 2016, just as the election of Trump versus Clinton was heating up, Iran extorted Obama. They told him they still had bin Laden, alive and well. Mm-hmm. They told him they knew he supplied ISIS. They told him they knew he was responsible for the Arab Spring. Nobody would care about that because most people in the West and most people in the West and plus the left leaning love the Arab Spring, so they wouldn't care. And countless other injustices, assassinations, and regime change they instigated. They had proof, and they would release it unless Obama paid them a ransom. That ransom amount was 150 billion U.S. dollars. Mr. Hussein paid up. But what about the $2 billion in cash loaded on a plane and shipped to Iran? Yeah, that was not Iran. Think about it. What extortioner says, pay me $152 billion now? $152 billion now? No, no one does that. Iran asked for $150 billion, a nice round number. The extra $2 billion in cash, that never made it to Iran. That was used to buy everyone... Who was involved? It bought their silence. Most of it probably went to Americans who made the transfer possible. So all was good. Iran was placated. All involved were bought for their silence. Hillary was on track to win the election and all their secrets were safe. And then the unthinkable happened. Trump won. As you can imagine, the entire establishment went into panic. I don't just mean Democrats. I mean Republicans who were now panicking because they knew fully well what had happened between 2010 and 2016. Did you ever wonder how the Russian collusion investigation even got started, considering that the GOP had both the House and the Senate at the start of Trump's administration? Just ask yourself this. How the hell did the Republicans allow Mueller, the Mueller investigations to proceed when their own candidate won? The answer is quite simple. The rhinos were trying just as hard as the Democrats and Hillary and Obama to discredit or at least disempower Trump. So there you have it. That's where we are. That's how we came here. I didn't.